everyone. This is Rachel and Jamie joining you today. We are going to have a small story and then we're going to have some questions that we're going to discuss and hopefully we can bring up a topic that pertains to camp. Um, in these weeks leading up to camp, we are going to be focusing in on what being unmovable means. And I'm sure that we've all heard the song It Is Well, as it is a staple in almost every church. However, not everyone knows the story behind the song. The man who wrote it as well, Horatio G. Spofford, was a successful lawyer and business owner. Now, Horatio had some trials thrown into his path. In 1871, he lost his son to pneumonia. And in that exact same year, he lost most of his business in the Great Chicago Fire. While this would be well enough to shake anyone, that was not the end of Horatio's trials. In 1873, Horatio's wife Anna and their four daughters boarded a ship to sail from the U.S. to Europe. Horatio had some business that he had to take care of here in the States, so he would not be able to join them, but would take a boat on a later date to meet them in Europe. About four days into this trip, the ship that was carrying Anna and their four daughters collided with a very large iron ship. This caused so much damage to the passenger ship that the only outcome was for the ship to go under. In that moment, the only thing that Anna knew was that she had to pray. She pulled all four of her daughters close and prayed that if it be God's will to spare their lives, or if not, to give them peace for what they're about to face. In just a measly 12 minutes, the whole ship had completely sunk and was heading straight for the seafloor. A sailor manning a very small rowboat was searching the area where the ship had went down, and he found Anna. He, she was still alive and floating on a piece of wreckage. Once she made it back to land, she sent a telegram to her husband saying, Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio took that next available boat to be with his wife in this grieving time. Four days into his journey, the captain of the ship called Horatio into the cabin to tell him that they were right over the location where the ship went down and where his children's lives were lost. According to a daughter that was born after the tragedy, Horatio wrote, It is well on that journey to meet his wife. Even while it was fresh in his mind, he didn't even have time to rationally think out and try to decide if God was going to take care of them. His first instinct was to trust that God had a plan. And even if it didn't make sense, Horatio knew that God had everything in control. Horatio was not the only one in this story with unmovable faith. Another survivor of the wreck recalled Anna saying, God gave me four daughters. Now they have been taken away from me. Someday... I will understand why. To have the faith to know that even though you may not understand why you're going through a trial, that God knows exactly what happened and why it needed to happen is something that can only come from God. Wow, James, that's that's such a powerful story. I know I've heard it a few times, but it, it just gets me every time just mm -hmm. thinking of what he went through and, and to write, I mean, that was one of my favorite hymns for the longest time, yeah. to write that powerful of a hymn through all that. But mm -hmm. um, So we're going to just kind of discuss some stuff here. Um, mm -hmm. a, a question that came to my mind was, you know, do you think that he would have had that same faith, that same unmovable faith um, through the loss of his daughters if he hadn't first lost his son? 
Um, I don't think so. I, I think that God creates smaller stepping stones. I, I don't think that usually, I mean, I'm not God, so I don't know. Right. But like usually I feel like he understands us as humans. We're very limited in our understanding. And I think he gives us little stepping stones. Prepares us along yeah. the way. Like I think that if he hadn't lost, and actually I was just discussing this with Jacob when I was writing this or putting this together, that if maybe he didn't even have that kind of faith with his son or when he lost his business in the fire. Like maybe he threw a fit. Maybe he, you know, stomped around. Why God did you do this? That story isn't told to us. And maybe through that trial that he had to go through, he realized that God had him the entire way. And then when he got to his daughters, not that you don't have emotion and you're sad and, um, everything feels like it's crumbling all at once. But I think that he just had a peace about it because he knew that God had taken care of him before. Yeah, and he brought would... him through a pretty big tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are some trials that God has allowed us to go through that have made us unmovable? So for me, it's kind of um, a pivotal moment in my life was when Kason was born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in labor for a long time and scared to death of a C-section. And mm-hmm. they were actually preparing me for a C-section. And in that time, um, a short to make it a short story, um, I had a short time frame to get fully dilated to be able to push. Mm-hmm. And my doctor came in sooner than she said she would. Mm-hmm. And so I like panicked. I was like, yeah, this is it. Like I'm going to have to have a C-section now. And he was my first child and I was scared to death, never had surgeries. And so I had like, I had no faith at that point. Like, yeah. like I, I was, I was weak at that point. Like he, she came in too early. God mm-hmm. couldn't have worked this fast. Yeah. And so it was just, um, it really was hard for me and God came by in a great way and I was ready to push. And so God blessed, even in my little faith, God blessed mm-hmm. me. But then fast forward, like four years later when I had Kari, yeah. um, you know, I kind of faced the same thing, but it was a different outcome. I ended up having a C-section, but God used that to save her life. Mm-hmm. And, um, because the cord was around her neck, but going into it, going into the C- uh, idea of a C-section with Kason, yeah. I was like, no way. Like I can't like, like no way possible yeah. going to the idea of a C-section having God already proven himself through my last two births mm-hmm. with Kari. I was scared. You yeah. guys, you guys were there, oh, you yeah. know how scared I was, sure. but like I still had a piece about it knowing that that was the better outcome and knowing that God was there with me. Well, do you think that like it kind of like the whole question with the son before it's actually pretty amazing that God can, cause it's the exact same thing. So like you were supposed to have a C-section with Kaysen because they were basically like, you don't really have any options. Like, this is what you're going to have to do if you, he, if you're not ready to go in like, was it half an hour? I had it, like I had it, they gave me an hour, but she came in a half hour early. Yeah. So like in a half an hour, like basically kind yeah. of like a half an hour, you're going to have to do this. And then, so you didn't want it that, but he gave you grace not to have to do that then. Right. But it opened up the ability for you to have right. that. Preparing for me later in yeah, life. And you're going to have to have a C-section right. later. Right. And I had no idea I was going to even, you know, have more kids or what the idea was going to yeah. be. But then, yeah, I ended up having to have a C-section later. And I think that he, though I still didn't want it yeah. when I had it, I yeah. felt more prepared and like God was with me there through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I think at that point you, he gave you peace and yeah. it was just, it was yeah. great. Um, For me, I mean, that's my, I kind of had the same, I guess, I've been saved for a really long time and like I have, I'm pretty like blessed to not have gone through really that many rough trials as far as things that like would just be life turning upside down. Um, But I think one thing that was a 
stepping stone for me was when Jacob and I were getting married, um, I had a job. I was miserable in the job, Mm -hmm. but I still needed that job for income because, I mean, I was getting married. And literally two, three months before I got married, there was some circumstances and I had to leave the job. Mm -hmm. And so going into marriage with no money because I had to like whatever I had left. I'm, I make the joke. I'm retired because I pulled my retirement out, (laughs) but, um, I had to use that money. I mean, obviously I was never like needed for anything because my parents are very thank. I'm very thankful for them because we wouldn't have been able to do what we did if it wasn't for them. But like going into it being, you know, 21, 22, 21. So, uh, (laughs) I don't know, but whatever age I was very young and knowing I'm getting married and I don't have a job. And then my husband at the time or my fiance at the time didn't have a job either because he had to quit his job because he lived in Columbus and he was going to move up here. So he didn't have anything really fully lined up and he was going to be going to school on top of that. So not only are we in the deficit of me not having a job and him not having a job, we also had the added debt of, um, school coming into play with that and then thinking about how we would have to you know pay for a house and pay for everything and I think but through that trial he gave him a great job he has a great job like as of now and I didn't we never needed anything like every time bills would come in even though like I was making like a hundred dollars a week and he was only making like two hundred dollars a week it didn't matter the bills always got paid And we were always able to, we didn't always get everything we wanted, but we got everything that we needed. And I think that was a big thing for me because I'm a control freak. (laughs) And so for me, I would look and I was in charge of the money. I'm like, how are we going to pay this bill? When I looked at when you, so I don't know if everybody else does this. I look at the month, like I put his money, my money together and make the month budget. Mm -hmm. And there should have been no way that we would have been able to have any extra money with what we were making, but there would always be extra money. Yeah. And it's just amazing how God can do that. And even now with us doing the whole trying to buy a house thing, I have more faith in that. He's going to make sure that right. happens. Right. And um, for me, I think a big thing for me was I had to come to the realization that um, God doesn't, he doesn't always give you what you want when you want it, but he will give you exactly what you need. When you need it. When you need it. And I think that's a really, honestly, I think that's the biggest lesson in this whole thing is that you have to be patient. Yeah. Um, So like now that we're going to, we're done with that one. What are some attributes of being unmovable? Like when you think of unmovable, when some, you look at someone in your life and they're unmovable, what are the things that they, I guess for lack of a better term, ooze out of them? Yeah. So when, um, of that story and even thinking of people we know like larry last week we were talking Mm -hmm. about and i think of betty kinney from our church and different ones when they all were facing i mean you know larry and betty kinney were facing um cancer and death knowing that that was going to more than likely be the outcome for them and then um horatio facing you know Mm -hmm. losing his children yeah you know i mean he just lost a son now he's losing the other four that he had Mm -hmm. didn't know he's gonna have more kids yeah you know and um what all three of them i think had through the stories of through the story of Horatio, I didn't know him personally. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, was just peace that passes all understanding, and really yeah. like really grasping what that means. Yeah. You know, like how can you 
be riding the same path on a boat that just killed your four daughters Mm -hmm. and write a song like it as well like you had to have peace yeah like you know i mean he was still hurting and you know facing the things was, but like he had he had to have that peace and as well as larry and and betty and i think that's the thing is we get so caught up in things like having that peace we would throw a hissy fit if um our tire popped on the road on the side of the road and we literally have a spare we can get everything that we need we have people we can call it's such a minute little thing but we would fly off the handle this and this and this but he literally lost almost everything right you know your your children are your everything and he literally lost all four of them and not only did he have to lose all four of them he had to go over the exact spot Right. Where he lost them. Yeah. To know that your bodies, like your children's bodies are underneath you and you can't do anything for them. And so, um, I think that's what we just like with the, with having peace that passes all understanding. That's just, that's just in everybody that has unmovable faith. I think for me, along with the unmovable faith of the, you know, with the peace that passes all understanding, I think they also have a, and it kind of can be seen as the same thing, but I think it falls into a different category. They're level. They're level-headed. Yeah. Um, most people that have unmovable faith, and we're all working towards it. Like, there's right. nobody that's ever, like... You don't achieve it. Yeah, like, you're you not there. Yeah, you're not yeah. just like, ooh, unmovable faith. Got the, what is it, the, like, Girl Scout <laughs> badge. <laughs> yeah, you get the patch or the, you know, the badge. Nobody ever gets that. It's just right. a learning process all the time. I would say it's the same thing as, like, motherhood. Like, it's the same like right. you're never just like the best mom you're yeah. always changing because your Listen, situation I got, a, I got a picture today that said best mom oh that's <laughs> good that's good um <laughs> but uh but like i think that's the thing is they're just level-headed um one person that i really think of when i think about this is my dad yeah um i could literally go to my dad my arm be completely cut off and he'd be like okay this is what we gotta do we're gonna do this yeah. we're gonna go to the doctor we're going to get this right now. We're going to put a tourniquet around your arm. So you're not going to bleed to death. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. that would be my dad. My right. dad's very like level headed. And I think that has a lot to do with him having that faith. Yeah. Now I know my dad has gone through some stuff in life. And I think, honestly, I think that's where people get misconstrued. Some people have, they go through more things and people think, Oh, well I've been through this and this and this. God has allowed you to go through those things. Right. It's it's up to you what you do with them. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Whether you mm-hmm. it builds you up or if it tears you down. Yeah. Today's feature content is It Is Well by Anthem Lights. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the NOIC Godcast. Hope it's been a blessing to you. I'd like to encourage you to share today's podcast with someone else that we can all be encouraged together. And make sure to join us next week as we continue the conversation about unmovable we will not be shaken. Until next time, continue on in Christ.